Hello and welcome to Any New Shows, the second best... No, wait, we're still the best? Yeah, we're still the best goddamn <laughs> podcast on the internet. We are a brother and sister team that suggests shows for each other. One of us likes reality TV, the other one likes scripted. Emma likes reality. What's up, Emma? Hey. And my name's Chris. I like scripted. What's going on, Em? How are you? Yeah, I'm really well. I'm really well. Uh, I've had a, a yeah, good couple of weeks. We've had two weeks between uh, podcasting and, uh, yeah, yeah, had a good, yeah, don't have much to report, but, uh, yeah, had a pretty good couple of weeks. How about you? Nice one. Yeah, I'm going well, thank you. Uh, I've got a few days off, which is nice. And mm. we've done pretty well this time around, just a couple of weeks off. So we're trying to keep on top of it, which is good. <laughs> yeah, we're doing our best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, life. We're very busy. Way. Yeah, we're, we're so very busy. Busy, busy people. Busy so people. busy and important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, well, I guess, what have you got any new, have you been watching any new shows? Any new shows? Uh, yeah, actually, I... You know what? I always feel like all I do is talk about Below Deck because it's just so goddamn good. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, and there's a new franchise coming out, Below Deck Adventure, and it looks like hmm. they're in maybe like like Norway or somewhere. I don't know. Is Norway landlocked or am I? My geography is so bad. But anyway. It's it, not landlocked, no. No, it's somewhere got a shitload of coast, Norway. Yeah, great. So this, I, I think it might be Norway or somewhere like that. But, yeah, so that's coming out, I think, in October. So the, the low-deck world's just expanding. So, really, it's the only thing we need to be watching. There's enough Really, content. we could do a, just one podcast about Below Deck, honestly. Yeah. I, you beat me to it because I was going to say that to you. But there's currently a, a Below Deck med. There's there's new season coming out at the moment. But I do watch other shit, believe it or not. Right. <laughs> I've been watching Prove a lot, it. actually. I, I watch, <laughs> I watch through the new Na- uh, Nathan Fielder um, show called The Rehearsal, which is hilarious and oh, yeah. strange, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can imagine. This is the guy, but also... is the guy that wears the like laptop on his, like he walks around with his, the laptop on himself. That's correct. In the rehearsal, yeah. he does. Yeah, he did. Yeah. His first series was Nathan, Nathan for you. And you can tell his budget has just skyrocketed for this one. And mm-hmm. it's really good, but I feel like it becomes, uh, I won't say too much about it, but it does become a bit sociopathic and mm-hmm. <laughs> strange. I think I think it didn't actually sort of go the way that he planned it to go. And so the ending is sort of, you know, all right, I'll just take it in this direction just so we have an ending. But it is still incredible and hilarious okay. so I did really enjoy that um <laughs> worth a watch been watching worth a watch definitely if you like Nathan for you it's definitely worth a watch because he's like you know his humor is um uh it's it's quite particular and so if, if you like if you like Nathan for you you'll love it House of Thrones I've been keeping up on that um and I am officially tagging it the name House of Thrones. It's no longer House of Dragons. It's called House. Oh, of I was going to ask. So what, the, what the hell is? Okay, so you've jumped on board. Jumped on board. Yeah. Has your it's resentment ended? Right. Uh, you know what? It's really nice to be back in that world. I'm really enjoying being back in that Game of Thrones world. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's. I found the first couple of episodes a little bit predictable but I guess that's sort of the setup and then I had a friend of mine James he said to me before I'd watched the third episode 
um, he was like, I feel like it's moving sort of like season seven of Thrones in that it's just moving really, really quickly um, and sort of skipping out huge sections of time. And I definitely felt that way watching the third and fourth episodes. And then my partner, Laurie, she said to me, the main character who the actress is absolutely amazing and she's such a badass. The character is just like, the show is her. She's just such a fucking badass. But they're changing actresses apparently in a couple of episodes, you know, when they skip forward a whole bunch of time as well and she grows up a little bit further. Like, so that kind of disappointed me a bit. I'm like, oh, I hope the new actress does her justice. Well, it works um, on The Crown. They do that on The Crown each season and it does work. You, you kind of go like, oh, I really enjoyed her portrayal and now it's someone new. But it works every season. They Hopefully they choose a, a good replacement. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure it will be fine. I just think she, I mean, some of the acting, especially in the first episode or two, I was like, oh, some of the acting. But I think you sort of find that in pilots, I guess, as you're getting to know characters. Well, um, and, the character, but this, and the actors are getting to know the characters too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But this this um, particular actress is incredible. She's, she was my favourite. So we'll see. We'll see how we go with that. What else? I mean, oh, welcome to Wrexham. That's the uh, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds documentary about buying a football club in Wales, which oh. is just taking me over. Like I am hanging out every Thursday to see the next couple of episodes. It's it's awesome i think i think it's not for everyone but i think if you if you're a sports fan you know who loves an underdog story you know obviously we've been following a pretty unsuccessful club our whole lives you and me Mm -hmm. Emma. so so you can sort of relate to this story and it's you know it's only like i think eight episodes in now um and they're still shit you know so it's like you don't know if they're going to turn it around or not but you sort of you're getting that story so that's kind of that's kind of cool. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. Let me know. Let me know how that goes because I'd love to binge it when it's all finished. I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it's it's one. It's a good one to binge. I think. Um, and I just love Rob McElhenney and everything that he does. And it's sort of his his brainchild. He sort of dreamt up this idea, and he says sort of in the first episode that they had never met him and Ryan, and they're the two that bought the club. They'd never really? met before, like. Before yeah like and they made the plan and and bought the club because it happened during COVID and they'd never met in person um but he says he's like you know when I started dreaming up this idea I thought well the first thing I'm gonna need is a shitload of money and he's like Mm -hmm. it's okay like I've got money I've got TV money I've got you know written directed and starred in TV money but what I really Mm -hmm. need is movie money not just movie money superhero movie money and not just superhero yeah. movie money i need marvel superhero movie money so then i called yeah. ryan reynolds <laughs> um so it's quite it, it's quite good it, it, it and i hear really like show. by all accounts ryan reynolds is actually quite a likable guy so i would imagine he's quite interesting to watch in a docu kind of format absolutely yeah he's he's uh he's a sweetheart he's an absolute sweetheart you really get Mm. that impression um kind of what's funny about it is that neither of them know anything about soccer at all um brilliant that's what you want right that's what you want and 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 ryan even more so than than rob um which, which is quite funny so they're sort of learning the sport as they go like they bought the club without even really knowing the rules of the game which i think is quite funny but 
this club's been through a lot. They've had some horrible owners who've just tried to destroy the club for money. And um, so the fans were really skeptical, but you can just tell by the way that they present themselves that they're really, really invested in this and, you know, really want to throw a lot of money and make this successful. So um, yeah, it's, it's a lovely story. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'd, I'd give that a go for sure. Do it. What about you? What have you been up to? What have you been watching? Any new yeah, shows? I Yes, I do have. I have been watching a new show, but it's actually an old show. So a bit of a story. I've been getting on that fitness train and, you know, going to the gym as often you as have. I can. You look awesome. I just told you before we started, you look fit as fuck, Emma. Oh, cheers. Yeah, trying to get those guns happening. You know, it's we're, we're coming into summer, so trying to do some shredding, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, so I'm at the gym, but I find when I'm at the gym doing my cardio, I'll only go if I know I've got a good show to watch. And this is incredibly, well, I don't know if it's embarrassing or not, but I got onto a podcast, which was recounting all of the, rewatching all of the Twilight movies. And mm-hmm. it's with, you know, one of the, one of the main actresses hosts it. And I, I can't remember how I, got onto the podcast to be completely honest but I was sort of listening listening to it and I was like oh I should actually give these a watch now that I'm hearing the kind of behind the scenes um, discussions and, and, and such so I smashed out all four Twilight films while at the gym I was like you know my partner was like what are you doing is spending all this time at the gym and I'm like yeah I'm watching Twilight like a massive loser <laughs> but it's literally I'd be on the treadmill just like going for it like you know we, the K's would be like clocking up on the treadmill and I wouldn't even notice because I was like so invested but then I finished all of them and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, what am I going to do now? You know, like I need something that's really going to grip me. And so mm-hmm. I, I was listening to a podcast with Rachel Bilson, who played Summer in the OC. And she mentioned that she's doing a rewatch podcast that she started in co- uh, during COVID lockdown of the OC. And I never uh-huh. watched the OC because I think we were probably more of the Dawson's Creek Dawson's generation. Creek. I think yeah. we just kind of missed yeah. the OC. I mean, I would have been at uni maybe 18 or 19 when it came out. So uh-huh. um, so I, I've never watched it and I was like, all right. And I listened to a couple of episodes of this podcast and I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. Now, Chris, I am so invested in this show and there's four seasons huh. of it and there's like 30 episodes a season or something. They go forever. And uh-huh. I'm also kind of simultaneously listening to the podcast that yeah, the rewatch podcast. And cool. I have to, I have to be honest with you, that show was very, very good. Even though it was like meant to be like a soap, it, it's, it's very meta. It's very, um, you know, it, it, it comments on itself constantly, which is super funny. And then I think halfway through the second season was when Laguna Beach, the reality show, which, was you know the hills was in a spin-off of that that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that started airing and so they start sort of commenting on that within the show in this really funny tongue-in-cheek way and look, the storylines cool. the storylines are a little bit crazy and whatever but it's it's very honest about the fact that it's a soap and um yeah so mm-hmm. <laughs> like a massive loser I've watched all the Twilight movies and I'm now halfway through the OC so I'm basically living out my teenage years at the gym <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because someone will get on the treadmill next to me and I'll have this playing and it's one of those shows where it's pretty obvious what I'm watching and if someone yeah. sort of looks over I, 
I get so embarrassed, just like, oh, God, yeah, I'm here watching the OC or Twilight or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I'm just like, yeah, I'm watching the OC, fucking what about it, you know? Um, Good on you. Yeah, so I've been binging that, which has been great. It gets me to the gym every day, keeps me there because they're a good, like, 45 to 50-minute episode, you know, like, yeah. Uh, so but, that's yeah. what I've been watching um, apart from what we what, what we uh, discussed we we're going to watch this week. Um, did, did you enjoy yeah. the Twilight films? Okay. I'm going to be completely honest with you about something. I cried watching the last one while I was on the treadmill. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> being spotted at the gym watching twilight's one thing but crying as well i i didn't know i was crying because i was just in this world right because there's this scene at yeah, the end yeah. of the last movie that's not in the books where a, a whole stack of them die but it's it's like a dream sequence or whatever right but you don't know it is and and right. i'm watching this and like you know so many of the major characters die in this battle scene and i'm just there like bawling my eyes out about this because I'm that invested and all it is it's just me and Twilight I'm just watching this on my phone just like that's it I didn't even realize I was on the on the treadmill I didn't realize there were people around me and all of a uh-huh. sudden I just do this big sniff and the guy next to me kind of looks over because you know COVID you can't sniff in public <laughs> yeah I was like oh my god I'm crying I am I'm I'm crying holy shit so yes <laughs> I guess that means <laughs> I guess that means um yeah I kind of did enjoy them picking up a young woman just randomly in downtown New York and they end up spending the night together and he wakes up after being quite drunk or spaced out or whatever and she's lying in the bed dead with multiple stab wounds and that's probably enough without Mm. giving too much away that's that's kind of the beginning of it. And then you sort of, yeah, yeah, drama ensues from there. Most of all, I just absolutely love this lead actor, Riz yes. Ahmed. Have you seen him in anything before? No, but he's he's amazing and he's so handsome. He's just so, he's, he's great to watch. He's, he's an incredibly attractive man. And he, yeah, he's, he's just such an amazing actor. I, I uh, watched this on uh, with my partner on her recommendation, and then from there we've gone and watched a couple of his movies or movies that he's in. Uh, one of which was his breakout hit, which is called Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Is that his oh, name? Not, oh, okay, yeah. Which is a that's a dope film. Mm-hmm. Sort of supports um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, what's the other one we watched? Oh, it's called The Sound of Metal, where he plays uh, a metal drummer who goes deaf. And he's absolutely incredible in that as well. But I just wanted to talk to you about this guy. I'm going to read out basically just his li- like l- short bio on Wikipedia because I just think he's absolutely incredible. Yeah, um, yeah give him a bit of background because he's not very well known. No problem. So his name is Rizwan Ahmed, and he is a British actor slash rapper. He's the recipient of many uh, accolades, including an Academy Award, Primetime Emmy Award, National Board of Review Award, Independent Spirit Award, London Film Critics Circle Award, and two British Independent Film Awards. And he's also received nominations for two Golden Globes, two BAFTAs, and two, two Screen Actors 
Guild Awards. So obviously he's got quite a bit of uh, acclaim there. Um, he was initially initially known for his work in independent films such as The Road to Guantanamo, Shifty, Four Lions, Trishna, Three Manners, and The Reluctant Fundamentalist, as well as television series such as Brits, Dead Set, before his breakout role in the film Nightcrawler. He's appeared in Jason Bourne, uh, Rogue One. Uh, he starred in The Night Of, which we'll talk about. And at the 2017 Emmy Awards, he received two nominations for his performance in The Night Of and his guest role in Girls. Uh, he's won the award for Outstanding, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie for the former, which is The Night Of, becoming the first Asian male to win an acting Emmy and the first Muslim yeah. and first Asian to win a lead acting Emmy. He went on to play Carlton Drake and voice and voice Riot in the film Venom, uh, The Sound of Metal, which I, I mentioned. And in the, in the Sound of Metal, he earned his second Golden Globe nom nomination and first Academy, Academy Award nomination, making him the first Muslim to, to be nominated for Best Actor. And then just quickly, as he's, he's a rapper as well, um, yeah. Riz MC is his name. So he was a member of Sweatshop Boys and critically critical acclaim for his album, Microscope, oh, sorry, two albums, Microscope and Kashmir, and earned commercial success with the US Billboard 200 topping Hamilton mixtape with his song, Immigrants. He won an MTV Video Music Award in 2020. He released The Long Goodbye, which got critical acclaim um, with an accompanying short film. It won the Academy Award for Best Live Action Short. And he's an activist as well. He does political rap. Uh, he's been involved in uh, raising awareness for fun and fun, sorry, for uh, Rohingya and Syrian refugee children and has advocated for representation at the House of Commons. In 2017, he was included in the front cover of the annual Time 100 most influential people in the world. So that's just wow. insane. And wow. I'm so sorry, but yeah, he's, he's, he's absolutely amazing, this guy. And Yeah, that uh, makes me following... like him so much, especially with all that philanthropic work. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and what happened in 2018... Inspired by his speech given in 2017 at the House of Commons, Sadia Habib and Shaf Shoudhury, which are two researchers in the UK, they were inspired by him to determine a method to quantify the nature of Muslim representation in film and TV. And they ultimately came up with a test, which is called the Riz test. So it's named after him, wow. right? And so it has five parts to it the Riz test the five parts serve to highlight and combat the stereotypes of muslims found in characters in film and tv so i'll just run through them really quickly the first test is if a character is indefiably muslim is that mm. character talking about the victim of or the perpetrator of terrorism number two is is the character presented as irrationally angry number three is is the character presented as superstitious culturally backward or anti-modern mm -hmm. number four is the character presented as a threat to a western way of life and number five is the character if if the character is male is he presented as misogynistic or if the character is female is she presented as oppressed by her male counterparts 
Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And it's named mm. after him because of his his speech in the House of Commons. So I, it's amazing. I, I just it's really, really wanted to go through that and give you a picture yeah, of this, that's incredibly this lead important. actor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. And I'm sorry, I know I just went a little bit off topic there from the night of. I uh, just really wanted to paint that picture. Uh, but with all of that out of the way, uh, what did you think of season one, episode one of The Night Of? What did I think? I, yeah, I, I, I've thought a lot. Um, honestly, I was a little bit nervous about this going in because it, it did, it's quite dark from the get-go. It's very ominous. Um, and, you know, I, I do have a bit of anxiety and I have to be in the right state of mind to be able to watch, you know, something like this. Um, and so mm-hmm. I did find it a little bit heavy for me for now. But, you know, I went to bed and I had dreams about it and I've been thinking about it all day and to the point where I had to go on Wikipedia and see what happens because Mm -hmm. um, it was bothering me, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Once I I sort of got rid of, once I read through it all and I kind of, I suppose, got a little bit of closure on, on it, I was able to then sit back and really... Um, appreciate the work that's in this first episode. The the cinematography and the and the directing of this episode is amazing, and I'm uh, I'm assuming that that is the same throughout. And mm-hmm. some really really amazing character actors, um, like our lead, yeah. you know, that you've just mentioned, and then his lawyer that comes in, another excellent character, excellent actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, there's. In fact, there's no one that's that's weak within this. There's no actor that's weak. Um, Agreed. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very strong cast. I think. Can I tell you when I started getting anxiety was when she gives him the pill, the ecstasy pill, or whatever it is. That's mm-hmm. when my anxiety peaked. I, I think. I, you know, you know that it's all going to go bad from from the beginning. And and to be fair, it's just it is a clusterfuck of issues for this kid because you know (laughs) he's he's stolen his dad's cab he takes the pill off this strange girl he goes back to her house and you know obviously has a has a go at a couple of guys that walk past and and what do they say to him um oh they they make some joke about how he's making bombs or yeah right I, i can't remember some racial slur yeah, then, you know, they're doing shots of tequila or whatever, and I'm thinking, dude, you've got to get your dad's cab back. Like, what are you doing? This is going to be so bad. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, they start playing the game with the knife and then, yeah, and then it all sort of turns from there. So, yeah, obviously, but and then, you know, the cops pull him over on the way home because he's, he's obviously drunk driving and then he gets taken in and they get taken they take him back to the scene of the crime because it's another call that they get and he's got the mm. he's got the fucking murder it's weapon just around on the him. corner it's, yeah. yeah it's like everything is just going wrong for this guy and it's heartbreaking because he's such a beautiful character and obviously then he gets he gets taken into custody and um they find the the knife and and he I I think at that point gets gets arrested and he tries to run as well stupidly when the, I mean we know we know it's we know it's not the murder weapon right it's just because he grabs it off the table exactly where they left it before they went to bed it's just unfortunate right. because it's the exact length width 
of the weapon that, that's used to kill. I mean, who knows? It, it could have been. It could have been. But we kind of mm. know that it's not because it's sitting downstairs and he grabs it off the table from where they were doing tequila shots. But it's mm. just like, he's fucked. He's absolutely mm. fucked. And they would have mm. taken him into custody for that alone. But he fucking tries to run as well. Like, he's just, he's just an idiot. He's just, he makes so many wrong decisions. But just because mm. he's so innocent as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it reminded me of something that I was watching, um, I think during sort of the first COVID lockdown. And I think it's called When They See Us. And it's a, it's a true story. And it's about these five African-American boys that are out in Central Park and a woman, a white woman gets raped. Um, and all five boys are um, accused of her of her rape um, when they were nowhere near the scene. They were just in the park that night um, and all five of them get put away. They get convicted. For, and this is a true story. Um, and they're in the, I think, inside, yeah. I think you've seen it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the youngest is 12 or something. And, and I remember watching that. I watched it over maybe a week or two and very different, uh, for me now that I'm a mother, at the time I think I was just pregnant, but I, I, I watch things very differently now when it involves, you know, like a child or a son or whatever. And I, and I found that really difficult to watch, but at the same time really, really important to watch. And I feel like this could mm-hmm. be a very similar comment. You know, it could be a very similar um, kind of message, this, this short um, series. Uh, obviously, the, when they see us is, is, is a true story, but yeah, sort of just, I, I got a very similar feeling as I was watching this and I, it brought me back to when I was watching When They See Us and I found that really confronting to watch and really hard to watch, but at the same time, a really, really important watch, like I said, and I, and I kind of assumed that this is a bit the same and that's why I kind of had to go onto Wikipedia and just go, I've, I've got to read what happens. I've got to read each episode synopsis um, mm-hmm. because um, I actually can't sit here and just wonder what happens next for this kid. And, oh, it's horrible because he ends up at Rikers. I'm sorry, spoilers. He ends up at Rikers, which is, you know, this horrible prison on an island off uh, Manhattan. And I was like, oh, this is, I'm glad I didn't keep watching because I don't think I could have handled it. Yeah, probably yeah. a bit heavy. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd, I would have. I probably would have struggled with it a bit more if I was watching it alone. Uh, the fact that I had someone with me probably made it a little bit easier. Uh, but I, mm. I went back and rewatched this first episode uh, the other day alone, and 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 found myself quite tense throughout. I think it's it. I I mean it it really is a credit to Riz Ahmed's um, acting, but also the the writing as well. In that you you're really taken on the ride with him. You really feel his disconnect and his fear and the yeah. voices inside his head, like after he's caught. And mm. again, like it's it's incredible acting, but you, re- so like you incredible really considering... go on the ride. Yeah, there's no he has no dialogue. He has very yeah. little dialogue. In fact, he has little dialogue yeah. throughout most of the sh- the episode. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's that's why I said like you 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 can almost hear the voices inside his head and what and what's going through his mind because you sort mm. of pulled into it with him and you sort of like well what would I be thinking in that time and it's yeah basically yeah what what he'd be thinking inside his head and yeah. I mean as lovable as this character is you're always wondering whether he did it or not like it's it basically through the whole 
series. Like, and and even the even in this first episode, mm. he really shows you that he 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 can't lie, or he finds it really hard to lie. To like lie. when he confesses to the girl that he can't use his cab, his dad's cab, whenever he wants. Like at first, he he's like, yeah, yeah, I can, and then he's like, oh no, actually you know, he owns it with two other guys and I'm not supposed to use it. Like just little things like that, that make you go, Oh, I actually finds it hard to lie to anyone. You know, even someone he's just met. You get that idea you from got... his family dynamic as well. You know, like mm-hmm. I think you get, mm-hmm. you get that idea that he comes from a very good family, a very honest, good family. And so, yeah, you know, it's just, unfortunately he just makes this one mistake of wanting to get to this party to be cool with the basketball guys or whatever and steals his dad's cab and it's just all wrong from there. You know, he makes this one yeah. tiny little mistake, probably something he's never done before. Um, Cause you do get the idea that, yeah, like I said, they're, they're a really, really honest, good family. hundred percent. I just think he's so, he's so innocent in this first episode and I guess one thing that you wouldn't have seen sort of reading the synopsis is that he changes man like and I look it, in its essence this is this is a story about the corrupt nature of the of the prison system or the US prison system and how it can corrupt someone who's so innocent and and can show pull out the da- darker version of someone uh, by going through that system you know even even if they're completely lovely completely innocent you know, it can, it can change a person. And that's, that's basically what this story is about. Um, uh, but okay. you wouldn't have seen from reading through that he, like he literally physically transforms while, as this progresses, like he, he builds muscle, his whole persona changes, the way he walks, the way he talks, everything about this guy changes. And like in a really natural way, like that's that's really believable. But it's insane going back to watch this first episode where you're like, holy fuck, he's so innocent and he's so small. Like he mm. packs on fucking muscle as this goes along. It's crazy. Mm. And I think this first episode, you just, I don't know, you're just screaming at him like, what are you taking the fucking knife for, you idiot? And like, yeah. at least wipe it down everywhere. and dump it. Yeah. 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 Like, wipe the blood off the car. You saw the blood on the car. Fucking wipe it off. Or like, yeah. why are you running from the cops? Like, it's just everything. He, I said this before, but every fucking thing he does, you're just screaming at him. Like, why are you doing this? But it's just because he is so innocent and he just, mm. he, he doesn't know what to do. And it's kind of cool seeing that transformation, but also sad as well to see what happens to him when he goes through the the prison system as well the thing i mean the thing about this show and i guess you know if you're going to highlight the the actors and actresses you you need to highlight as well the fact that like every single character that you meet even this woman who's just in that first episode you know for a couple of scenes before she's murdered they're all so fleshed out like they every single character in this could could have their own show it's she, insane. Like even if she's actually she's amazing too, you know. I actually I googled her because mm-hmm. I was like, what else has she been in? And actually, not much. And always playing sort of very small or supporting roles. Um, but mm-hmm. she's amazing from the minute she gets in his cab. She's she's amazing. Yeah, she mm. really is. She's um, an uncomfortable character. I didn't like her, but played no. so well. 
No, absolutely. Me too. But I, I, I didn't like her, but I felt her, I felt even though she was kind of kooky and strange, I found her really believable. Like, mm, yes. you know, it wasn't, wasn't acted over the top or anything like that. Yeah. No, I, look, I, I have to admit too, I, I thought from the get-go that the two guys that walked past as they're entering her apartment, I was like, okay, there's something in these two. Like there's something, these two are going to be integral characters because obviously then one of them comes back and sees the police line or whatever. But then he says in his interview, oh, it was just me and doesn't mention his friend. And mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, yep. okay. So something's going yep. on there. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up actually because this is something I wanted to touch on. Yeah, okay. So I feel like a lot of the black characters that you meet in this first episode initially come across as being either unlikable or suspicious um, Mm -hmm. in that they could be a suspect in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm talking about, yeah, those, those two, the two guys that you meet on the street and then there's the female cop the cop, really yeah, she, like, yeah. Yeah, really. and she, I actually thought to myself, like, wow, watching her scene, I was like, a bit of a role reversal here because she's been quite, she's been really tough on him and she's speaking to him in quite an aggressive manner and whatever. And I was like, how, you know, I wonder if this is a bit of a comment on, on, on something here because, you know, generally from what we know in America and, and here in Australia and I'm sure all around the world as we know, that generally it is a white male that will be a the white male cop, cop being oh. a great, yeah, the bad cop, but they reversed that. They had yeah. her being the bad cop and then it was the white male cop that was sort of like, oh, let's just leave him. He's got no priors. Let's just let him go, you know? Yep. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I uh, Just to continue on this list, there's the, the mm. hearse driver as well who's suspicious as shit. And then there's that night worker cop on the phones who's in who's portrayed to be incredibly lazy but they oh, yeah. all could be really lovely people i mean the cop you realize sort of in the later scenes where she's back at the, the cop shop where she really softens and becomes quite likable the guy who comes in for questioning he's just a normal guy that you just that you're just like oh, okay i'd probably act the exact same way i mean that he, he, he did give that racial slur um, to Nas in the beginning, mm. but otherwise he's, he's, he's relatively likable. Um, mm. And I feel like that this is intentional, given that you meet so many black characters in prison and this sort of moral of the story is what it is. Like, like I mentioned before, I feel like there's a bit of a comment there. And before you answer, I just, I just want to mention that like, I, I, I'm going to go a little bit off topic here. I really want you to watch Blackish, which I've spoken to you about. I may pull the trigger at some point, but I feel like is it is it English? being a white male? No, it's American. But I feel like being a white male talking about this, I just don't have the reach to talk about, you know, being black in America. I just can't do or being no. black in general or or having mm. any other fucking skin color to my own. I just don't. Mm. I don't get it. I don't get what it feels like to be that person. So if, mm. if we're ever sort of steering the conversation in that direction in the podcast, I just want to let it be known that I, I just don't know. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to comment on it. I just thought mm. that there might be something there in this first episode and how you first meet those black characters. Um, mm. But I'm, I may be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's interesting too, because, 
uh, it's brought up at the dinner table with the family as well, isn't it? The difference between between the black students and then and mm-hmm. they they bring Pakistani, it up as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, don't they? Oh, Pakistani they? background, I should say. But it but it's. Oh, excuse me. That's just my that's my little son who's come in here because he's he was crying, so he's come in here and he's just wanting to oh, touch the mic. Yeah, we've got a guest. Got a guest. Um. So yeah, sorry. He's just trying to he's fingering the mic a little bit, so we might get some little. I fun. can't hear. Honestly, I can't hear it. Oh, that's good. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, so and I and I thought, oh, okay. You know that that's interesting. Well, you know, obviously it's a hot topic in America and in a lot of households, I, I would imagine. But, but yeah, so you make, you make an interesting point because there's quite a bit of racial talk in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. And I, they I would him assume a, the that I only get... call him a bunch of different names, which is, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. They don't hold yeah. back. You know, this, the, the story writers mm. in this don't hold back with it. It's probably, um, it's probably, quite true to life unfortunately especially so when was did this come out this didn't come out recently this is a few years old isn't it this came out in 2016 okay so 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 yeah we're, we're talking pre-black lives matter and all that sort of stuff so you know it's almost a little bit um a massive comment on how you know people of color were perceived in New York or and around the world at the time. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I can yeah. only imagine that that continues as he goes to um, being goes to prison. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so you went through and read the synopsis to find out what happened and get a little bit of closure on the show. After having done that, do you think you'll push through and keep watching, or are you sort of happy to leave it where it is? Oh gosh, I'd like to. I just really have to be in the right headspace for it. I think. Um, mm-hmm. But but in saying that, I wholeheartedly will recommend it to people because it was very good, very good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's good. I'm 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 glad you liked it, and I'm glad it captivated you because um, I I just never never wanted to put it down. You know, like like I'd have to force myself to go to bed. Um, I bet. And yeah. Anyone who's you who may be listening who um who's thinking about watching this, it's just a, it's just a short eight episode sort of mini series. So, um, you know, you're not, mm. you're not sitting there forever. So mm. um, check it out. Yeah. And we should think about adding him to our list. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Nas. Nas is his full name. Yeah. What a legend. We, I'd be honoured to have him on the list to be completely honest after, after, uh, or that information you gave about him in the beginning. Sick. Yep. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's pop him on. Cool. Pop him on. Pop All right. On. Well, I suppose then after something very, very heavy, let's go into something so light it's almost forgettable. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> which, sounds good. Which is um, season one, episode seven of The Simple Life. So it first aired in December 2003 and there were five seasons uh, of it before it ended in 2007. So basically it was conceived by Fox's comedy department. They wanted a comedy, they kind of wanted like a sitcom style comedy, but they wanted it to be a bit different. Now at the time, reality programming wasn't what it is now. So to come up to, to come up with the concept of, of a sitcom 
and reality mesh together at the time was probably a bit groundbreaking um Mm -hmm. but it's it obviously uh, it's what came out of the brain trust at at the comedy department there and they thought that this could work as long as they had the best uh, they had you know a really good cast obviously Paris Hilton was their first choice based on her immense fame at the time and she'd also kind of created this rich heiress character that was being really flushed out in the media and she was really playing up to obviously Uh this was this was all before social media and smartphones and stuff so she was tabloid fodder she was really marketing herself um with this character that she sort of created so Uh from there they knew that she couldn't do it alone she needed a sidekick now Nicole Ritchie wasn't the first choice. In fact, I don't think she was the second or third choice either. Um, Paris was trying to uh, talk a couple of her friends into it. Um, Now, I'm not sure who. I couldn't tell you. Um, I think maybe Rod Stewart's daughter or something. And then there was another girl who she was friends with who's the heir to the Johnson & Johnson uh, fortune. I think maybe her as well. they they declined anyway in the end they went with Nicole Ritchie um they were they were friends in real life now why Paris didn't think about her first I'm not sure but I'm glad that they went with her because I actually think that she steals the show um mm-hmm. yeah and and they're two very different personalities and I think that that without Nicole it probably wouldn't have been as popular as it was so yeah this first this first season obviously was was a huge rating success for Fox Um, and they went on to do obviously the five more seasons but there was a very public fallout between the two girls probably around about season three or four I believe Um, and they were both contracted to keep making the show for two I think at the time two more seasons and Paris was saying no I can't do it we're not friends anymore I'm not going to do it with her and Uh Nicole Richie was sort of a bit the same like yep not what nothing to do with her um and so they filmed this season um now forgive me I do think it's maybe season four um separately so they would have one girl do yeah, they'd have one girl do the job one day and then the next girl would come in and do it on, on the following day. And then, yeah, um, and in did, the end... And then cut, actually, did, they, did they cut it together to make it look like... No, it was sort of like a Paris versus Nicole situation and I think they got ah, judged on their job and who won and whatnot. Um, I see, okay, but, yeah. And I think the final episode is they confront each other and that actually was, quite, from memory, probably the best episode i probably should have got you to watch that one actually but without all the information yeah, it would be a bit like what the hell's going on um uh-huh, uh-huh. it was a very good very good episode uh because it was probably uh quite spontaneous and very very real it's probably the first time the girls had been in the, had been in the same room together for for quite a while um, so that was mm-hmm. quite good and then after that they reconciled and i think they did one or two more seasons together um, okay. But this show really did uh, launch the reality genre. You know, there are a few other there are a few other reality shows on it going on at the time. You know, there are a lot of competition shows, dating competition shows, bit of Survivor. Yeah. Uh, the Real World was big on MTV and had been for a long time. But there was nothing really of this caliber, which is a super duper produced sh- reality show, I guess. 
But so basically where I've got you to jump in at episode seven, it's pretty much the last episode of the series. Um, but I just thought, look, we'll jump in here and then you can just get a quick run through. You know, they do the previously on and you get pretty much the whole season and then you get them kind of running around town apologising to everybody uh, for being mm-hmm. brats and, you know, just being sweet, gorgeous girls and giving everyone hugs and kisses and we love you, Arkansas, and, you know, everybody mm-hmm. sending them on their merry way all happy about it. Now, Blink and You'd Miss It, I think it's only about 10 minutes long. I don't know. It's a very short episode. But um, <laughs> what were your thoughts on The Simple Life? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, even, like, after the recap, you're five minutes in and there's fucking 15 minutes to go. It goes so quickly. <laughs> yeah. um, nah, look, I... Uh, I I really missed this show. I, I didn't realize until I put it on that I was I was like, man, like this is like like I was so obsessed with this first season when I when we were growing up. Um, oh, I didn't know that you'd seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely watched all of this first season. I don't know if I pushed on. I think I watched season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely didn't push any further than that. So yeah, but. I mean, even when you mentioned it to me a couple of weeks ago that you wanted me to watch it, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I've seen bits and pieces. Mm. Um, but as soon as it came on, I was like, nah, I've, I've seen all of this season and it all all just came flooding back to me. Man, I, I, I'd missed it. I'd missed it. It was, it was yeah. good to see and have a good laugh. And, um, you know, yeah. it, it's so trashy and... Uh, yeah so produced and but again like it's 2003 and you're right like it's such the early days of reality tv especially like this concept was was quite groundbreaking for the time Mm. um but i remember loving the concept uh when i was younger and i mean sort of watching it the question came up why were we so obsessed with paris hilton i guess like because of that persona that she put forward that sort of train wreck persona everyone you know, no one wanted to look away. Um, mm-hmm. So to see her in a reality show like this was was awesome. Um, I think that's such a good point, Chris, because like I said, you know, there wasn't that social media where celebrities were talking directly to their fans and you got you got an insight into their world. There wasn't anything like that. So we were hungry for, co- for content, hungry for mm. some sort of, you know, and the only way you could get them was either on a TV show or in a magazine. That's the only way you could you could get access to them. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, I, it's, a, it's a really good point. I think everybody, it, it took off because everyone was like, oh, my God, the most famous woman in the world and now she's on a reality show. We're going to see what she's like, you know. And in actual yeah. fact, you get yeah. no insight into what she's like because she just plays the character the whole time. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But they, I yeah. mean, they're so funny together, those two, and, like, mm. you know, they're just they're just so lost I don't know I I did find it a little bit strange that you gave me this episode because like there's there's the drama to begin with in the when Nicole loses her purse and jacket and puts bleach all over the 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 pool table I remembered it so well as soon as it came on I knew exactly what was going to happen in this episode so funny Uh, because I would have only watched it once but I was obviously so into it but then, yeah, they're, they're just walking around town apologising, paying all the bills that they've, you know, for fucking up people's property and whatnot. Um, yeah. But then, you know, saying goodbye as well. I, I thought it was an interesting one for you to get me to watch, but um, Look, good can, as well because – sorry, go on. Oh, can I tell you what I did? Because, yeah, yeah, honestly, the episodes aren't that great. Like, I, I think the series as a whole is good, but each individual episode, they're all – 
pretty shit. I, I don't know, like, like you know, the, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. There's one episode where they work at a burger joint, then the next episode they're working on a farm. Like it, it, it's sort of yeah. like you know, one episode just wouldn't have been enough. I think I needed to give you this one, which gives you kind of a rundown of everything they've gone right. through. But the yeah, but yeah. the Nicole Ritchie with the bleach was I wanted to capture that moment in in the episode that I gave you because now <clears throat> this might be a controversial opinion. I don't think it is, but she's clearly high on coke, right? And a theme that runs through this entire season, if you watch back now with, you know, I guess the eyes of an adult, they're constantly smoking weed or, you know, you can tell like they're kind of doing a sniff sniff, like you can sort of tell that they've just had a, you know, a bit of a sniff of coke or something. If you go back and watch it, and I think that these days that sort of thing would be heavily edited or like there wouldn't be any chance that you would catch anything like that. But maybe back then, because mm-hmm. it was sort of, you know, the beginning of that reality kind of catching reality on camera, they probably did edit around a lot of it, but you could just catch bits of it. And I remember when I mm-hmm. first watched it, I was too young and naive to get it. And this scene with her going absolutely crazy and, you know, throwing the bleach and all that kind of stuff, I guess I just thought she was drunk. But then going back and watching it again as an adult, I'm like, she is so high, like, you know, you can tell from like, I think that the two of them are kind of licking their lips a lot and kind of chewing and eyes are a bit weird mm. and bugged out. And you're just like, whoa, like she's absolutely off chops. And I think she would probably admit that now because, you know, she was very honest about having a bit of a drug, drug problem. Um, right. But yeah, it's just the kind of thing that like, while the show itself is, you know, fairly contrived and and whatever, it's all cute and quirky and whatnot, that particular scene is, is a little bit is a little bit telling as far as, you know, oh, I, I don't what know how to describe it. What they were doing at the time. Yeah, and that bratty behaviour and, and the fact that they thought they were yeah. above the law and the fact that, oh, you yeah. know, they just, you know, would probably just do, you know, a few lines of coke and go off to a club and just think they were, you know, the shit and could get away with uh-huh. anything and... Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that, that was probably what, cause I just, I, yeah, I thought that could, that could be an interesting discussion to just sort of go like, man, they're clearly fucked up on camera. Like what, what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense now that you mention it. I mean, uh, watching it through, I was like, I was like, this is so weird that she would behave in this way. Cause it's, it's so off the fucking walls, but I just sort of thought, cause I watched it yesterday. I was, I was just thinking, well, she's just she's just hamming it up. She's just straight up fucking hamming it up for the camera. It's you know it's it's towards the end of their month of doing this. So I just put it down to that. But now that you mention it, like that makes a lot of sense because it's just like, yeah, she's just so um, entitled that she thinks yeah. that she can do that, and you know, she's probably just fucking left her purse in the toilet or some shit, you know, like. But she feels yeah. like she has to completely destroy this place because she thinks someone's stolen it it does it is it does work but um, I, I from I'm, sorry I just wanted to say I feel like um I feel like the general theme of each episode was like they put them in a situation where they have to go to work they have great intentions but then within about 10 minutes 
half an hour, they're fucking over it and they just start fucking shit up because they just can't be fucked and they think they're better than this. Yeah. Is that generally yeah. how the episodes go? Yeah, 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 t- totally, totally. And, I mean, you can't you can't have a show where they just go to work and do a good job. You totally, know, like absolutely. And they would know that as much as anyone else, yeah. Oh, t- yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. They're just having fun with it. Like, that. yeah. And there's a couple of episodes in later seasons that are actually pretty funny. Like, I think there's one where they have to work in a nudist col- colony or something yeah there, there's some funny episodes but um yeah i i, I do yeah, sure, just want sure to hit a stride like, after that scene after she's thrown the bleach on the on the pool table and the bar owner kicks them out i feel like that was actually a very raw real moment where the whole bar starts screaming at them to go home rich bitches and yeah yeah. You know, Paris turns back around and she sort of, she goes like, oh, who said that? And then she just starts kind of like laughing, just like, oh, fuck laughing. you all kind of thing. And I just, yeah. that it's almost kind of chilling that it's, it's, it's just this weird thing of like, you know, the town will love them to a point and whatever, but at the end of the day, it's like, you don't belong here, get the fuck out, you know, oh, especially no, if you're going to behave like that. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I mean, that that would happen in any community. Like, pe- if someone behaves like that where they're disrespecting someone's property, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's it, I thought it was good to see that. Um, but, I mean, at the same time in this episode, you, you really do realise all of the characters around the town, they're all such lovely people. Like, yes. really, really genuinely lovely people. Yeah. Uh, and the family that, sh- that they stay with as well, like, Oh, bless mm-hmm. them. Like, that would have been a tough month, man. But, like, they're all lovely yeah. and they just, you know, they get through it and they forgive them over and over again. And, yeah, it's, I, I I really liked that, like, sort of seeing the people from Arkansas and, and how lovely they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that, that, that was a good thing about this episode was that it was a nice little kind of summary of all the people in town as they go around and say goodbye. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they talk to each other sort of about the memories they've had and the different people they've met. Um, yeah, that was that was really nice. I did also really enjoy sort of the uh, like being transported back to the early 2000s, you know, you know, the, like those the sunglasses they wear and like, you know, the girls are constantly in like Von Dutch and shit, like, you know, shit that's popular at the time. Like I, I, I kind of did enjoy it. It did transport Dude. me back to late the, high school days the outfits they wear in this are so trashy the hair extensions the this the that mm. like they don't look mm. like rich people at all they look like yeah trash you know yep um, agreed agreed like oh just gross outfits but you know it's funny because i like i said i've been watching the oc which came out i think the exact same year I was going to mention to you when you brought it up, I was like, this is like perfectly fitting with what you, you got me to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going through an early 2000s kind of phase, but it's it's so funny watching the OC as well because it's just like, for fuck's sake, how low are your jeans? Like what the hell? Like, and just the outfit. Excuse me. Just, I still wear my jeans that low. You can get away with it. It's just, I, I mean, I did. I wore my jeans that, that low as well. I mean, you, remember you'd sit in class, Chris, and there'd be girls sitting in the, in the seats in front of you and there were, it was just a row of ass cracks because their jeans were so low that they'd sit down and they were just ass cracks for days, you know, like. We I wouldn't know anything about jeans. that, Emma. 
No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, no, you're a good boy. You would have been looking. But, yeah, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I really hope it doesn't come back and it looks like it is. But, yeah, like Von Dutch is having a resurgence, believe it or not. Is it really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. yeah. No, look, to be honest with you, I think this was a moment in time in the, in the history of reality TV that we'll never get back, you know, especially that first season, which was yep. so it was, I think they were feeling out exactly how to do this uh, and mm-hmm. exactly what worked. And I think the first season probably worked better than any of them. Um, right. But, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's just, even just, I, I like, I like that they have tried to do this sitcom thing. You know, they've got the, the, the sound effects, you know, in the background, like mm. little props and the whizzes and the this and that and the other kind of mm-hmm. in the background. And it's all, it's all very sitcommy, and that's something that we mentioned last week with the Kardashians as well. That they sort of set up their show to be a bit sitcommy as well. It's like they were kind of using this formula. The Osbournes did it as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, in this it sort of works. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's one for the ages. It's one for the ages, you know. Yeah, yeah, really, one that I'd completely forgotten about, you know, and. I, I'm I'm glad that you got me to watch it, and you know you've done well with me taking me on this journey of um, uh, reality and what it was and what it's become. I, I, mm. You've been really good at picking out uh, reality TV shows that highlight the growth. What am I trying to say? Picking out reality shows that yeah show show that journey from from its in, inception. So yeah, you've done well, mate. Oh, I appreciate that. I, and that's exactly what I've been trying to do because I feel like we need to go to the roots and see how, where it all evolved from um, before, you know, getting to to where we're at now, which in actual fact I do have a, mo- a more up-to-date uh, show for you to watch next week. I, I think that, I think it's time. I think it's time that we, that we kind of got to the, you know, I think this one's 2020 or 2021, so... Sweet. Oh, well, let's push on if you want then. Let's uh, yeah. Let's wrap this baby up. Yes, yeah, sweet, man. Okay, so I have for you next week, season two, episode one of Selling Sunset. Cool. No and worries. Is, My mate mentioned on... this one to me the other day. This yeah. is the guy, this is the guy that did The Hills, right? It sure is. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you t- you told me that when we did the hills, not my friend, but um. You'll cool. see similarities. Awesome. awesome. I'm, I guess we'll uh, we'll talk about that in more detail. Um, yeah. What you say, season two, episode one? Yeah, because season one, you know, fuck it. Let's just we're up to season five now, I think. But yeah, we'll we'll start at season two. Cool. Well, I've also got a season two, episode one for you. So, mm-hmm. um. Yahtzee. Um, so <laughs> I want you to watch season two, episode one of Father Ted entitled Hell. Oh, and I've got a special Go guest. Ahead. Can I bring in a special guest for, for that one? Yeah, why the hell not? It's about time. We haven't had one in a while. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'll bring in my friend Brendan. He's, uh, he's big into this show. And um, I've been told I do too many American shows. So uh, I've, I've, I'm going to pull out Father Ted, which is a classic over here in the UK. And um, I'll okay. get Brendan to give me a bit of a hand with it. Yeah, sweet. Well, I'll tell him to watch uh, season two, episode one of Selling Sunset as well. He can stay for the whole thing. 
Fuck yeah. Why not? All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell him to get onto it. Yeah, I'll pick his brain. Now, is he Scottish? He is Irish. Irish, okay. I'll probably be able to understand him a little bit more than the Scottish accent then. Yeah, we'll see. No, okay. no he's, he's, he's got a quite a light Irish accent. Uh, you'll be right. All right, cool. Oh, well, uh, say it with me, bro. <laughs> Got to be got some today. homework to do. Yeah. Happy watching. Do that. Happy watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to it, mate. From your favourite Twilight and OC watching loser. Um, <laughs> have a good week. Um, yeah, yeah. Likewise, uh, enjoy going through the rest of the OC. Uh, you can let me know your your thoughts once you finish it up. Um, I'm going but to. But if there was. I think I've got a bit to go. I'm only halfway through the second season and there's four seasons. So I've got a bit to go because they're long. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually, this is something I need to talk to you about. Sorry, side note. I know we've got a bit of work to do. Mm. We best go do it. But side note, (laughs) it's really interesting actually going back into this period of television before streaming and whatever, because listening to this podcast about them talking about it, like their season premieres, would open with like 20 million viewers. Like that's unheard of these days. So yeah. it was like television back then, like the OC apparently was fucking massive and they were superstars, mm. you know, like Misha Barton mm-hmm. was the face of every brand on on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. I was thinking about it today, just going, it's probably why you and I have actually started doing this podcast because there is a lot of television out there. You just have to sort through so much of it to find something mm-hmm. good. And mm-hmm. yeah. back then, back then the ratings kind of, well, there was only a, a small amount of content. And, you know, I mean, for, for for a television show to have 27 episodes in its first season, I mean, that's just unheard of, you know? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just weird. I just sort of think about like, are we, are we kind of, is television dying in a way? You know, like, or or is it is it evolving and getting better? I don't know. That's a question I might need to leave you with to ponder um, until next week. But sure. yeah, I just thought it was an interesting point. I, like twenty million—that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's that's absolutely wild. I would definitely think the latter, in that it's uh, progressing and getting better. But um, mm. You, I, you're right. There is a lot of shit as well that you need to wade through, and um, you know, it's it's nice sort of when someone gives you a little bit of a a pitch from left field. <laughs> Sorry, that's not a quote. Whatever throws you something from left field <laughs> that you you haven't heard of, like the night of, where you're just like, how this is like this is six years old. I've never heard of it, yeah, and it's one of the yeah. best shows I've ever watched. You know, exactly, and it's Emmy winning. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, fully, fully. Like, it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's not the same as it used to be where it was kind of, you know, uh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And waiting as well each week for an episode to come out, that's a dying art form as well. Like now they just release the whole season and you can binge it in in a lot of cases. And yeah. so yeah. so it's over in the space of like two weeks. You know, it'll be like Netflix number one show for like a week because everybody binges it in the week and then it's over and they're on Watches to the next it, thing. And then that's it. Yeah, yeah. And that's it and yeah, it's, it's gone. Like, uh, what is it? Drive to Survive. That's 
I look forward to that every year. And obviously you're seeing, I don't watch the mm. F1, but I, you see certain things that come out in the news. I can't mm. fucking wait for Drive to Survive to come out. But that's one day of my year. One day yeah. out of 365 yeah. days a year, I watch Drive yeah. to Survive. And I fucking love it. But it's one yeah. day a year. That's yeah. it. It's not yeah. fucking one day for 12 weeks. You know, like I just smash it out. That's it. Gone over with. But it's one of my favorite yeah. shows. It's crazy. Yeah. This is why I think they should release things like that weekly. You know, like, yeah, draw it out a little bit. Build the anticipation. Get people talking about it at work. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. build mm-hmm. build the, the popularity around word, word and of the mouth. Buzz. And, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's interesting though. It is. It is. Anyway, uh, we could go on, which we usually do, but um, (laughs) (laughs) let's, uh, shall we wrap it up and um... chat soon? (laughs) 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 Fucking we're so crap at this. (laughs) We're like, you know, we're like this when we're on the phone as well, just like. All right, yeah, we'll have a good, yeah, we'll speak soon. And, oh, uh, by the way. Yeah. yeah, one more thing. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's end it there. Love you, bro. See ya. Love you heaps, mate.